Father, we just come to you, Lord, tonight. Lord, just asking you once again to meet us, Lord, according to thy word. To come and speak to our hearts, Lord, and touch our lives. Lord, that you would lift us up, Lord, if we're in the moments of being down or saddened, Lord, that you would just come and comfort, I pray. Lord, that you would just come and touch each and every life. Those, Lord, that are streaming tonight, Lord, and the situations, the sicknesses, Lord, that abound seemingly on every hand, Lord, but God, we know that you're still here among us and you're still with us, Father. We just ask that you'd reach down and touch us, Lord, and in the homes and the different places, we ask it for your glory and for your honor, Lord. Those that are in the hospital, those that have needs, Father, in their body and sicknesses there, reach down and touch them, I pray, Father. We commit them into your hands for your glory and for your honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's turn to Joel chapter 2 and verse 25. Amen. It says, And I will restore to you the years that the locusts had eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God that has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And you shall know that I'm in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions, and also upon the servants and upon the handsmaid in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I'll show wonders in the heaven and the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Amen. We'll let you be seated this evening. I'd like to speak to you out of these couple of verses. Whereas in back-to-back verses, I believe, it mentions this, 
and my people shall never be ashamed. My people shall never be ashamed. This word ashamed means to be put to shame or to be concerted, disconcerted, which is unsettled, or to be disappointed. In other words, with him, you'll never leave disappointed. But God will come and meet you in whatever needs you have need of. And also, in, in Paul would speak about this. He would say, as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone, a rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. This is the same word, shall not be disappointed or be disconcerted or unsettled. Now, it does not mean you won't have unsettling times, but in those uncertain times, you can be certain. Amen. And in Jesus would even use this when he would say in John chapter 3 and verse 18, he said, he that believeth on him is not condemned. This condemn is speaking of coming into judgment, but also to come into judgment, to be unsettled. It's along the same word to be put to shame or to be uh, disappointed. You know, there's going to be many that will come into judgment. I'm glad I'm not one of those or not pointed, appointed to that place, but there'll come to that moment. And though they may feel like they got it all handled, they may feel like they got it all figured out, they realize they'll become at that moment very uh, ashamed or disconcerted or unsettling, no doubt, in the, in the time of judgment. But he said, because he, he said, he that believeth not is condemned already. This word condemned is what the word I'm speaking about, and unsettled or be ashamed, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that the light is coming to the world and the men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doth evil hateth the light, neither cometh the light, lest his deed be, should be reproved. But he that doth truth, he that doeth truth cometh to light, that his deed may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. So, amen. So, speaking of this, as we look into this scripture here, and Joel, as he's talking about all the things that had happened, the enemy had come, this great army, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, and had stripped all the bark off, all the leaves off and, and left the plant in a very shameful condition or a very shameful place. And Brother Brandon would speak about this and equate it or bring it as call, according to what the church had become, how the enemy had come down through the dark ages and stripped off the power of God. But the Holy Spirit was once again in this hour released to the church again to bring it back to what it was at the beginning. Amen. And so all that had been taken off or all that had been lost or all that had been stripped away was brought back. Amen. And the shame that had been brought was now taken away. The reproach was taken away and she was placed back in her rightful position and her rightful place. Amen. And you know, I, I believe that there's a people here upon this earth that, that don't have to be ashamed of the God that they serve or don't have to be ashamed of the worship to the worship that they give to the God that they serve. You know, the, the, you know, the world that we live in are definitely don't seem to have any shame on them when they serve the gods of, of different uh, man's ideas or man's own doings and they, they give their bodies, they give their soul, they give their mind
online that give their money, and there seems to be no shame to that. You know, they, they do everything they can to worship that God. And I believe us as a people, we can come to the house of God or wherever we're at tonight, and we don't have to have any shame in how we worship or who we are, how what God has called us to be in this hour. Amen. And we don't have to be unsettled in that. God has called a people to worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. And I believe all those things have been restored to the church again. I, I believe prayer has been restored. I, I believe, amen, worship has been restored. I, I believe all these things that's been lost down through the ages is back in the body again. And we don't have to be ashamed of what God does among us or how God operates among us or how God sees fit to operate among us. Amen. Amen. We're going to worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. So, you know, when you come to him, you know, Brother Brandon would talk about, about this disappointment. You know, sometimes you face disappointments in your life, and we all have disappointments. We, we, we have times of disappointments, times of uncertainties. And Brother Brandon would speak about a man who would come, amen, into a prayer line, and he said one limb was about two inches or three inches shorter than the other one, and he wore a high shoe, one of those big built-up shoes. And he said, but he brought him a new pair of shoes, and he brought it to the meeting so he could wear that new pair home. And he says, God will never disappoint anybody with that kind of faith. And I believe we can be that kind of people that have that kind of faith to believe that God's going to do what he said he would do. And I don't have to be ashamed about it. Amen. It may be a month. It may be two months, maybe two years, 10 years, but God's going to do what he said he was going to do. And I don't have to be ashamed about it. It's not my reproach. It's not my word. I don't have to worry about it. God spoke it. God will bring it to pass. Now we may face times of disappointments and no doubt, you know, there's been a lot of memes and things about year 2020. You had a lot of plans and a lot of things and things seemingly turned upside down and times of uncertainty. But we are to be certain in uncertain times or in times of uncertainty. And just recounting some of the sermons that we've heard, we are to have an expectation of no matter what the situation we're in, that should not change our expectation of God. If it's a good year or a bad year, it does not change our expectation of God and his word. Amen. If times around us and things around us are good or they're bad, that should not change our expectation. Amen. That God is going to fulfill what he said he would do. God's going to have a bride without spot, without wrinkle. God's going to have a person or a people, amen, in full bloom and full authority and full, amen, to use the word of God to her, at her disposal. As we heard Sunday, God's going to have that kind of people upon this earth and I don't have to be ashamed about it. Amen. So, and we're also to hold the line. Amen. When things are coming and things are pushing us and, and we're being pushed seemingly on ever, just hold the line. Faith has a resting place. And this resting place is not dependent upon governments. This resting place is not dependent upon if the government is good to you or bad to you. If the month is good to you or bad to you, this is not the resting place. This is an eternal resting place. And eternal resting places are not, or eternal things are not, are, are not uh, uh, affected by, amen, temporal things. Hallelujah. Faith has an eternal resting place. And so when all hell breaks loose, we won't be ashamed. When the doctor comes in and with his report, we won't be ashamed. When it seems like all hope is gone and it seems impossible, we won't be ashamed. God is going to move. Yeah. 
And when he moves, he moves. God is going to restore what the enemy has taken away. Hallelujah. Seems he's taken all your hope. Seems he's taken all your desires. But we will not be ashamed. God will restore it all back. God will bring it back to new again. Amen. What cancer is ate away, he'll restore. What sugar diabetes is taken away, he'll restore. Whatever disease is robbed from you, he will restore. He is the restorer. Amen. What the old has done to you, old age has done to you, he will restore. What sin robbed from you, he will restore. And we will not be ashamed. And faith anchors in the unfailing word of God. Hallelujah. And an unfailing word with the reality of a living God. So we should expect God to move. We should expect God to fulfill his word. Amen. Our expectations should not be less. It should be more. Amen. In times of difficulties, we ought to be expecting more, not less, more. In times of uncertainty, we ought to be expecting more. And we let our faith anchor in his eternal resting place and you won't be ashamed. It don't mean you won't be have disappointments. You won't have times of disappointments and things. Lord knows we've had plenty of them already this year, but we don't be ashamed. We're not ashamed. God's still going to fulfill his word. God's still going to bring things to pass. You know, the Seraphonician woman, you know, had come to Jesus and, and she was trying to get to him. And, you know, she had a lot of things she had to get through. You know, and Brother Brandon would say, he said, faith finds sources that others don't see. When she heard, she believed. She might have heard of a neighbor's girl being healed of epilepsy or uh, which a child had. Or they might have heard of an epileptic being healed somewhere or, or a daughter that had need of healing. But she just heard Jesus could do it. There you go. Right. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. She heard Jesus could do it. So she wanted to give him a chance to do it. Amen. amen. So, amen, our faith has got to stay there to give him a chance. Amen, our faith has got to hold the line to give them a chance. Amen. So he said, you know, he said, for he was God's word made flesh. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us the same yesterday, today, and forever. He was there to reveal the promises of God for his day. And he is here tonight to vindicate and reveal the promises of God made for this age. He is here to do it. He was in the days of the prophets. He was with Moses. He was with David. He was with Elijah. He was with the rest of them to reveal God's promise of that age. What God had promised, he brought to pass. And in this day, he's here to do the same. But he's just looking for somebody that has heard he can do it. Hallelujah. And she believed this. No matter how much people didn't believe it, she believed it anyway. Because faith finds a source that other people know nothing about. Hallelujah. When a man has got faith in God, he's got a hold of something that he can't explain. It's something he's got a hold of. He can't push it, shove it, pull it. It just takes him right to where God is. That's the way faith is. When a man's really got faith in God, it finds a source that others can't see. His word is a sword, and his word is sharper, and it goes right down into the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen. And so here she came, right there, right there to, to Jesus. She had many hindrances, but her faith didn't have any. See, faith don't have, knows no hindrance. Faith knows no hindrance. She had her faith. She had hindrances, 
but her faith didn't have any. Hallelujah. She had disappointments, but her faith didn't have disappointments. She had reasons to doubt, but her faith held on. There was plenty of reasons to give up. Lord, no, she got to him. And know what he told her, I didn't come to you. Amen. Listen to this. You may have hindrances, but if you've got faith, it knows no defeat. It's positive no matter how negative it gets. Come on, somebody. It's positive no matter how negative it gets. Just look at some of her hindrances for a moment. Some of them might have said, remember, you're of a different race. You're a Greek, a Seraphonician. He's a Jew. He don't even come to you. Your denomination, that has nothing to do with it. The woman didn't care whose denomination it was. She was a human being being, been, that had been created by God, and she had a need, and she had faith, and she was going to get her need. Oh, hallelujah. That's all we got to have. I'm a human being created by God, and God said he's going to restore God told me he's going to restore what the canker worm and this one took from him and that took from him. God said he would. Amen. Whether her denomination was cooperating or not made her no difference. She, didn't, she wasn't worried about that. She might have come to another critic. Might have met her down the line and said, well, don't you know days of miracles are past? We don't have miracles no more. That could have been a Jew after she got into this country. Jesus was in, you know, saying days of miracles are past. There's no such a thing. But she just kept moving on. Her faith just kept pushing her on. Amen. Just going right on beyond the disappointments. Right on beyond all of that. Right on beyond. Uh, she didn't have to be ashamed. Hallelujah. He said, if you can only hold that in your heart. That God is here to give you the desires of your heart. And when you meet his conditions, nothing can stand against that. Hallelujah. There might have been a bunch of women come to her and say, now look, sister, maybe her name's Lydia. Sister Lydia, ever what her name might have been. Do you understand that your husband will leave you if you do this? No doubt, but it's what she loved her husband. But she couldn't curse or bless that which was in her. Something was telling her. Daughter was dying with epilepsy. She had to get to Jesus. And when she got there, something was going to take place. Husband or no husband. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Husband or no husband. Friend or no friend. Church or no church. I get to Jesus, God's going to do something. Something, some of them might have said, well, you know, you do this, this afflicted child. What if it fails? What's going to do? What's going to happen? She knew it wasn't going to fail. Something was in her, told her it can't fail. If he ever was God, he still remains God. It can't fail. Therefore, she just kept moving. Oh, Hallelujah. Kept moving. Then some of them might have said, well, the circle you belong to in this society, they'll laugh at you. Laugh or no laugh. It wasn't no difference to her. Friend or no friend. No difference. Husband or no husband. No difference. Something was on the inside of her. She kept moving. Some of them might have said, well, you put, you put, they'll put you out of your church. Put out or not put out. She kept moving. She was on her road. Something was pulling her to Jesus. Oh, maybe that's what's going on with you tonight. Something on the inside is pulling you a certain direction. And it's moving you to who? To Jesus, who can move on the scene for you and change it in a moment and a twinkling of an eye and restore you back to what you were. Nothing was standing in her way. 
They wouldn't, she wasn't going to put up with hindrance. And finally, she arrived to where he was. Many people think just because you get to where he's at, it's all over. He said, he can come in this building tonight and show himself alive. He said, that's not right. He said, that's wrong. He can come in this building tonight and show himself alive after 2,000 years by the things he promised he would do in this day. He did it last night. He does it every night. He does it everywhere. He proves he's still alive. And you can come into his presence, but that isn't it. Sometimes you meet difficult when you come into his presence. Sometimes you meet a difficulty when you come right to the moment. He said, when she arrived, she said to Jesus, then said Jesus to her, I'm not even sent to your race. The very one she came believing in turned her down. He said, now that's a lesson right there. She went through all these gates of sorrows and disappointments and and problems and this one, but something pulsating inside of her, telling her to go. And when she got there, he turned her down. And besides that, he said her race was nothing but a bunch of dogs. Mercy. It's not meat for me to take what's the children's bread and feed it to the dogs. He said, what if he'd have called you that? A dog. He said, I don't know what, what would happen if he'd called the Pentecostal the dog or if he'd have said Methodist dogs or Baptist dogs. My opinion, he says, went back and told the pastor he was right after all. There wasn't nothing to this fella. You know, that's what they would say. If you got a hold, something. But if you, but if you got a hold, something's going to hold you no matter what. Amen. Certain and uncertain times. <laughs> I'm not sent to you, race of dogs. Not meat for me to take the children's bread and give it to you. I'm not sent, the, your revival, your company, not, I'm not sent to you. It isn't meat for me. My time for you is not now. It isn't my time for you. Why should I waste my time on you? Good Lance. What a disappointment. What a time she just, okay, I got here, I went through all of that. And he says, well, he can't, he won't do it. What a disappointment it would have been to the woman that didn't have faith. Hello, <laughs> did you catch that? What a disappointment it would have been to a woman that didn't have faith. That wasn't determined. He said, oh, if the church could only see that, that no matter what, faith is still there. No matter if it looks like he's turned around, faith is still there. No matter if it looks like it's not going to happen in my generation, it's not going to happen, faith is still there. No matter if it looks like I'm just going to go down into a grave, faith is still there. No matter if it looks like the case is hopeless and it's impossible and it's impossible to happen. The doctor says it ain't going to happen. This one says it ain't going to happen. This one says it's impossible. Faith is still there. What was the difference? He said, Brother Brown said she wasn't a hothouse plant. They had to be babied and sprayed and keep the bugs off. A good healthy plant, you don't have to spray it. A good healthy plant, the bug can't get to it. It's full of health. And he said, a good born-again faith in God, a real genuine Holy Ghost faith, nothing is going to turn it down. 
How many has got some good Holy Ghost faith? Nothing is going to turn it down. Amen. It's going to go anyhow. She wasn't a hybrid. You know, hybrids, they, they breed this one and this one, and, and they get weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. Might get a better looking grain, might look all prettier, but it's, they can't reproduce nothing. It's, it's just dead as midnight. That's not who she was. She was a real seed. And he goes on, he says, see, so does a genuine born-again Christian know where he's from. He knows his origin wasn't John Wesley or Luther or, or, or anybody else. It began on the day of Pentecost when God himself came to his people. That's the faith he's looking for. That faith. When God himself came into his people. Amen. He made his word manifest. And he hears the word and he'll say amen. The woman wasn't a hybrid plant. She got a hold of something. You didn't have to baby her. You didn't have to spray her and say, now, darling, please, let me beg you to do right. Let me beg you to do it. Everything tried to hinder her, but a real Christian fights for his position. Fights. He has to stand alone sometimes, seemingly him and him himself and then him and God, but he'll fight every inch so you don't have to baby him around. He just holds there. Winds of hell are blowing and he's staying there. Seems like God has turned around and he's staying there. Seems like it's impossible, but he's staying there. This is why it said, blessed is he that knocks and keeps on knocking. Seeks and keeps on seeking. Ask and keeps on asking. It doesn't matter if you've been turned down a hundred times. Ask again. If you knocked a hundred times, knock a hundred and one time and say, God, I'm here and your word says this. Your word says I'm healed and therefore I'm waiting on you to move on my behalf. And you won't be ashamed. Faith always admits the word is right. And this is what she did. What did she do? When he said, I wouldn't even send to your race, to the dogs. What did she do? She admitted he was right. She said, yes, Lord. Faith always admits the word is right. He says, if your faith don't punctuate every word of God, with an amen, there's something wrong with your experience. The Bible said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you don't say amen to that, then something's wrong. The work that Jesus said, the works that I do, shall you do say, shall you do also? If you don't say amen to that, then something's wrong. If it don't punctuate every word, every promise with an amen, there's something wrong. She admitted she was right. He was right. She admitted she wasn't nothing but a dog. She admitted that she was there. But even, you're right, Lord, but even the dogs... Get the crumbs. And if all I can get a crumb tonight, I'm going to get a crumb. Hallelujah. Because I know what a crumb will do. Just a little movement, just a little movement of his will rewrite everything. He said, he said my, what would happen? What a difference she was. Put back, shoved back, shoved out, put aside, put outside. She just kept on going. Something on the inside her told her she was going to get it regardless of how long she had to wait. She was after the crumbs. 
Yes, the dogs eat the crumbs under the master's table. That's the way to do it. We're not, we don't have to take a high seat. Take the back seat. Just get a seat and let God move. That's the way it is. He that humbles himself shall be exalted. Shall be exalted. You won't be ashamed. But if you exalt yourself, you'll be abased. That's a shame. The way up is down. Amen. She'd never seen a miracle. She was a Gentile, but she had faith. She had something along the lines of what Rahab had. Had faith. Rahab didn't say, well, wait till I see how Joshua combs his hair, how the generals look, or what the swords look like, or what kind of thing. But she said, I've heard that your God is with you, and I've heard of what he can do, and that's good enough for me. I want mercy. And she began calling out for it. Amen. This is what God had done for her. He may be a dog, but I want a crumb. I want what you have for me. Whatever you see, whatever you call me, Lord, yes. Your word is true, but I want it. Faith admits the word is right. You know, we had a little family, Martha and Mary, who were shamed. They'd become friends with Jesus, close. Then little brother Lazarus gets sick, and they'd called for him, and People were watching and looking and seeing. Well, surely he'll come, you know, to be, be his friends. He'll be here to help. He's helped this one. He's helped that one. He's helped the beggar over here. Surely he'd come help his friends. And they say, you know, Lazarus dies. And one day, next day, and Jesus, it seemed like more and more shame is being hooked, heaped upon the family. And it seems like impossible and getting more and more impossible. Lazarus now deteriorating in the grave. Nose has dropped in. Flesh has fell off his bones. Dead. And here comes Jesus walking up. What happened? When he came, corruption knew his master. The soul knew his creator. Four days journey somewhere didn't matter. There was a voice that could speak and bring him right back again. He was a man. Amen. Sure, Jesus being a man came off the mountain hungry. He come down looking for a tree, something off a fruit of a tree. It wasn't there. He cursed it. He was a man when he's hungry, but he took five biscuits and two fish and fed 5,000. He was a man when he laid in the ship in the back of their sick, tired from preaching all day long, healing the sick, virtue out of it. But he was more than a man when those devils tried to drown him and he stepped up on the box bow of that boat and said, peace be still. And the winds and the waves went down to wasn't even a ripple. He was a more than a man. And here he come walking up to Martha. Martha's feeling the shame of the eyes upon her and feeling all the things around her and the mocking and making fun. Oh, sure, God's really for you. Sure, God really, he, Jesus is really your friend. Look what he did. He's left you, your brother's in a grave. Amen, but if you believe and you hold on, he said, and those that believe in him will not be ashamed. And here he come walking to the grave. And Martha said, yes, Lord, I believe you are the resurrection of life. But even now, even now in the middle, it seems too far gone. But even now, what was it? Faith had found an anchoring place somewhere. And it wasn't dependent upon a good day or a bad day or four days, five days, ten days, one week, whatever. It wasn't dependent upon that. It was dependent upon who was standing in front of her. And here she is. Even now, she found something to hold on to. 
in the middle of her storm. The Shunammite woman the same way. Shame. Right in the middle of it, this baby that the Lord had spoke for her dies. Don't you know the mouths and the things that went on around her? And the mocking and the making fun. Shame. But he says, whosoever believeth in me shall not be ashamed. As we said, Martha, shamed. Sure, shame tried to come. Disappointment. I just thought he would come. Thought he would be here by now. We sent word. Somebody come up and knock on the door. Have you, have you sent for Jesus? Yeah, we sent for Jesus. Well, where is he? I thought he loves you. I thought he cares for you. I thought he knows about your burdens. I, I thought he knew about things. And I thought he could tell, even know when you was going through something when, when nobody's even told him. He, he supposedly read the thoughts of the, of the Pharisees and this, that. You know, all kind of mocking and making fun. Just like they're doing today. In the time we're living in, they're mocking. Ah, slow is the second coming of Christ. And we see our world where it's heading. They're setting up things now. It's going to be very easy, amen, to persecute the, anybody that has any kind of form of Christianity. You can see the, the persecution that's being set up for the foolish virgins. You can see it being all put into place. They're mocking and they're making fun. And they're trying to bring shame on his name. But he said, whoever believeth in me shall never, amen. never, it didn't say on a certain day or good days or, it, you know, like I, like I said before, it don't have a fine print somewhere. You got to go read, well, in certain, certain times and certain they don't apply here and it don't apply there. And you can't do it. You know, just had, had, had got a coupon in the, in the, by email. And I was like, wow, this would be nice. I want to get this for the, my little shop. And so I go to look and, and go to apply it. Guess what? In the fine line, it don't apply for that. But God don't have no fine lines or fine print. And little things where he can say, well, in, you know, in certain, certain, certain ranges of temperature, uh, you know, a fever, my word don't apply. Or, or certain ranges of a doctor's a decree, my, my, word, my, my, my word don't apply. He don't give none of that. He said, I'm the Lord God that heals all thy diseases. I, I remove all of thy iniquity. He don't have fine print on sin. And say, well, on this side, I can't do nothing about this, can't do nothing about this, can't do nothing about this. When he shed the blood of that perfect lamb. Hallelujah. Amen. There was something, but there was no doubt, per se, fine print on the blood of bulls and goats. So, you know, if you was, if you, if you was a, a seed of a illegitimate child, you couldn't come into the, into the presence of God. You couldn't do it. But under this blood, all of that stuff was wiped away. Because it wasn't the blood no more of bulls and goats. Amen. The life of that lamb couldn't come back on the worshiper no more and cleanse him from all of that sin. David had to bear it. All the ones through, the, through those times had to bear with those things that they carried. And they'd offer a sacrifice and come back. Offer a sacrifice and come back. But in the days of this blood, it wiped away all the fine prints. It wiped away all the sicknesses. It wiped away all those things and said, I'm the Lord God that heals all that disease. And by my stripes, you're healed. Amen. And it don't say, oh, but if you got cancer or if you got this or you got that, I don't. No, you're healed. Amen. Hallelujah. 
There has to be a place in our hearts where this man get tore up, sure. Our flesh, we war with it every day. Thoughts. That's why he said bring into captivity every thought into the obedience of Christ. Our thoughts run wild every day. Thoughts of I'm not saved, thoughts of I'm not going to make it, thoughts of this, thoughts of that, thoughts of every kind of thought, 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 thought. And then constantly have to say, no, that's not my thought. The Word of God says. That's what Jesus was doing. He was, he was fighting mind battles. When, the, when the, sir, sir, the, 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 the devil would come to him and he would begin to put things in his mind, if you turn that into bread... And what would he do? He'd take that thought and bring it captivity. Into captivity to the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone. I'm not going to put my, I'm not going to make, you're not going to tell me when to use my creative power. I'm not a subject to you. You're subject to me. Amen. And you, you cast yourself down and I'll give you all the kingdom. Amen. What was the suicidal thoughts? Things that he was dealing with and things he was going through. Amen. But what was he doing? Bringing that thought into captivity. Bringing it back into subjection to the word of God. Hallelujah. It is written. It is written. It is written. That's what happened to the Shunammite woman. Shame. Barrenness for so long. You know, it was a shame in that day to be barren. Today, it's a shame, you know, it's, it, I get sick to my stomach when, you know, now they, they've shut down the governments, but they made sure the abortion clinics were still open. Somehow, that's still essential. It's a shame. It's ungodly, and it's wrong, and it's sinful, and it's against God's word, and it's murder, and they will be held accountable for it. You're talking about shame? They're going to feel every, every baby they ever killed. But they want to turn us and make us shame, ashamed of who we are and what we do and how we serve God and our love for the Lord. And, and they want to make mockery of it and, and say all kind of ungodly things against it. I don't have to be ashamed. They ought to be ashamed. They ought to be ashamed of all the things that they do in their life and the sinfulness and the ungodliness that rule them every day. They ought to be ashamed. And they will be ashamed. But those that believed, those that held, they will never be ashamed. Brother Brown, I'm talking about I love this story. It's one of my favorite. I'm not sure. I, was it Daddy Bobsworth, the boy had the black diphtheria? I thought it was. And he laid there dying. You know the story. And he come in there and wanted to pray for them. And they, they, they'd come tried to make him go through all kind of things. And finally, he was able to persuade him. And he said, he dressed me up like the Ku Klux Klan. I can imagine all kind of stuff from paraphernalia over him. Try to protect him. And said the old, the old mother and father was standing there and said, I'd left the meeting. The old mother and father had asked if I'd come pray. He said, you come and pray. We believe our child will live. Oh, that's the kind of faith you need. 
It's a little boy about 17, 18 years old. Had some machine of some sorts hooked to him, been unconscious for two or three days. And he knew nothing. The father, mother received me as I come in. I knelt down and prayed a simple little prayer. And I said, sir, do you believe God? He said, with all my heart. I said, the only thing I want you to do is ask God. God will give it. I said, thank you, brother, for your confidence. May I never betray it. I laid my hand on the little fellow and I prayed this. I said, Lord Jesus, let this mother's and father's faith join with mine. And come before your throne tonight. Let this boy live and not die because we believe in Jesus' name. And I got up and the father reached over and grabbed the mother across the little, that little iron lung of a thing he was breathing in there and said, Mother, isn't it wonderful? It's so wonderful. And that little nurse standing there, she was amazed. Little cap like to fell off her head. And she looked around and said, Sir, I don't understand. Why are you acting like that? You and your wife and your son died. He said, Honey, my son's not dying. Well, the doctor said he was dying. Said that, that machine that's ever went down, the heartbeat goes so low with a fever like that. It's never been known to ever come back in history before. He said, I never forget that old patriarch's faith. Walked up and put his hands on the shoulders of that little girl and said, Honey, you're looking at that machine. That's all you know to look at. But I'm looking at a promise. And what God said, God will do. Hallelujah. Don't have to be ashamed. People may try to put shame on you. Why are you acting like that? Because God said so. Why are you acting the way you're acting? Why are you rejoicing the way you're rejoicing? Because God said so. Amen. And so what happened? He said, what happened? The father and mother held home and the darkest hour came. But now the day that boy is now married and a missionary in Africa now with two children. Why? Because they held on. Oh, let's hold on in this hour that we're living in. Seems like all hell is against us. Seems like cancer's on every hand. But my people will never be ashamed. Seems like the devil is howling more and more and mocking and kicking. But my people shall never be ashamed because I will restore. I will bring back again the new. I will bring the new bodies back again. I will bring the old back to young again. I will bring healing back to the body again. I will do this, saith the Lord. It's not my word. It's his word. And if it's his word, I believe we can rejoice about it tonight. We can praise God for it even though we don't even see it. Hallelujah. If you'll join me right now, I'd like to praise God for Ron Spencer's healing. I'm not looking at a a monitor. I'm not looking at a doctor's report. I'm looking at a word of God. By his stripes, he's healed. Hallelujah. And if you're with me tonight, why don't we praise God for the barren womb and wombs to give life? It's not my word. It's his word. It's in Psalms 113. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. It's time the bride of Christ quit looking at machines and quit looking at this and that and the other and look to Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. We will never be ashamed. God will perform his word. God will bring it to pass. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The blind man 
have been healed by Jesus could not argue theology. He couldn't argue with them. But when they asked, who opened your eyes? He said, a man called Jesus of Nazareth. And they said, this man's a sinner. And he said, he gave him the best answer I know of. He said, you're religious leaders of this day. And this man gave me my sight. And you don't know where he came from. <laughs> he knew one thing. He once was blind. But now he could see. And he wasn't ashamed. Oh, hallelujah. I wonder if there's anybody in the house or on streaming tonight. Amen. That can say, I once was blind. But now I see. If you could, if the world could know what I know about the saving grace of Almighty God, could experience the way I have experienced, they would want it for themselves. Hallelujah. I don't have to be ashamed of what God's done for me in my life. You don't have to be ashamed for what God's done for you in your life. Or how God's moving, how God's answering. He might seem four days late, but he's still the resurrection and the life. He's still the voice that can call a sick body or a dead body from the grave. Amen. My people will never be ashamed. Amen. Psalms 37, 18 said, The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. And they shall not be ashamed in the evil time. How many is living in the evil time? Amen. They shall not be ashamed. In the evil time and in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> I have meat that the world don't know of. Spiritual food in due season. But the wicked shall perish and the enemies of the Lord shall be left as the fat of lambs. You know what that is? Me talking about? You ever heard seen fat fry on a barbecue? Hello? Sizzle and burn, that's what he's talking about. Going to burn, and they shall be consumed. And into smoke shall they consume away. There will be a people who will come to judgment and be ashamed. Isaiah 66 verse 1 says, Thus saith the Lord, The heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you build unto me and where is the place of my rest? For all those, things, all those things hath my hand made, and all those things have been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit, and trembleth at my words. Yes. He that killeth an ox as if he slew a man, he that sacrificed a lamb as if he cut off a dog's neck, he that offered an ablation as if he offered swine's blood, he that burneth incense as if he blessed an idol, yea, they have chosen their own ways. Their soul delighteth in their abominations. I also will choose their delusions. I will bring their fears upon them. Because when I called, none did answer. When I spake, spake, they did not hear. But they did evil before my eyes and chose that which I delighteth not. Hear the word of the Lord, ye that tremble at his word. Your brethren that hate you and cast you out for my name's sake. Let the Lord be glorified. But he shall appear to your joy. Oh, hallelujah. He shall appear to your joy, and they shall be ashamed. <laughs> and they shall be, the, be ashamed. Amen. Jeremiah 20 and verse 11. I love this. Oh, hallelujah. 
But the Lord is with me as a mighty, terrible one. I want you to tell the devil that right now. The Lord is with me as a mighty, terrible one. You know what that means? That means awe-inspiring, terror-striking, awesome, terrifying, ruthless, mighty God. Oh, hallelujah. The Lord is with me. The Lord and awe-inspiring, terror-striking, awesome, terrifying, ruthless, mighty God. Let me tell you, people don't know fear until they see this God. They can be all bold and all great and all wonderful and all brash and all making all kind of boasts and brags and say, well, we didn't, God didn't have nothing to do with this. We did it ourselves. But when they come into the presence of this God, he's a terror striking, awe inspiring, terrifying, ruthless, mighty God. Amen. And my person, and when he comes with me, Michael shall stand up and my persecutors shall stumble. And they shall not prevail. Hallelujah. Listen, that enemy that's been against you, don't worry. He's not going to win. That enemy that's been trying to take your joy, don't worry. He's not going to win. That enemy that's been trying to take your health, don't worry. He's not going to win. Amen. This awe-inspiring, tired, terror-striking, awesome, terrifying, ruthless, mighty God is on his trail. And this devil will stumble and he will not prevail and they shall be greatly ashamed for they shall not prosper and their everlasting confusion shall never be forgotten. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you see who's on our side? The Lord is a man of war. COVID-19 striking terror? Ain't nothing struck terror like when he comes back again with his saints. When he comes as a thief in the night, time's just going to go right on. And they won't even know he missed him. They missed him. But when he comes back, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. These governors has been boasting. These, all these other men that's been making their claims and this, that, and the other, they're going to bow. Cancer's going to bow. Every spirit's going to bow. Because there's terror striking, awe-inspiring, awesome. I like that. A fit when I read this. Terrifying, ruthless, mighty God. You think your enemy's ruthless? What about your God? Well, the enemy's just on my trail. He's on. What about your God? Your enemy, your persecutor is going to stumble. And you're going to just keep moving on and leave him behind. I believe us as a people, we don't have to be ashamed. His word says this, my people shall never. He said, Brother Timothy, it seems like everything's been stripped away. He said, I will restore. I'm going to bring it all back again. Everything the enemy stole from you is coming back. If it's health, it's coming back. If it's whatever it is, if joy is coming back. If it's peace, it's coming back. Hallelujah. And it'll be like Job. It'll be double. It'll be overflowing. My cup overfloweth. I'm drinking from my saucer because my cup is overflowing. What is it? Brother Brown said, I love to get to that running over portion. When God steps up, 
and it brings it all back. And before you know it, that little weak, seemingly spindly little tree is all back bloomed out again in the presence of Almighty God. Your enemy will be ashamed. But you will never be ashamed. Because God will bring to pass what he said he would. Do you believe it? Let's bow our hands. Hold on. Hold the line. Expect. Let faith anchor in that eternal resting place. Don't move. Don't move from it. God said it. He'll do it. We're, I just want to tell the devil we ain't backing down. Maybe you need to tell them, devil, I ain't backing down. We're holding the line. Because on my side is a terror-striking, awe-inspiring, awesome, ruthless, mighty God. Devil, Satan, be careful. You're messing with the wrong people. You're messing with God's elect. And when you mess with God's elect, when you touch them, you're touching God. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Why don't you just give your needs to him tonight? Say, Lord, I, I just give it to you. I lay them right there. Let them anchor. I'm going to be right here. I'm right here. You're restored, Lord. Restore it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We saw him as a restorer. We saw him come on a little girl's bald head in our church and bring that head, as, it, as the daddy would say in that, that testimony, just like it bloomed like a flower. And today, long, curly hair, more beautiful than ever. Double. That's the kind of rest restoration. Don't look at the beginning and the in-between. Look to the end. I will restore, saith the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, we praise you right now for the healings that's taking place. We praise you right now for the victories that's taking place. Lord, we praise you right now for Brother Vernon's healing. We praise you right now, Lord, for Brother Nathan Bryant's mama's healing. Brother Mike Wall's sister Wynette's healing, Lord. Oh, God, we praise you right now for what you're doing among us. We thank you. Lord, the enemy wants us to get our eyes on all kind of chaos around us. But, Lord, we know the angel's still here. The pillar of fire is still here. You're still moving in your people. You're still touching us by your grace and by your mercy. Oh, God, just, may we just give you an offering of praise tonight, Lord, of thanksgiving, Lord, that you've, through many dangers, tolls, and snares, we've already come. But amazing grace has brought us this far. It's going to lead us all the way home. God, we thank you, Father, for your word, a word that's eternal, that we can rest upon it there, Lord. We don't have to rest on our own abilities or our own thoughts or our own thinking. God knows what kind of chaos we'd be in. But Lord, we rest upon your word. Hallelujah.
Oh, would it be anybody here to just want to praise him for a moment? I just feel it. I just feel the praise of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord, you're awesome. You're awesome, Lord. Oh, you lead us to the valleys. You take us to the mountaintops. No matter where you are, you're the God of the valleys. You're the God of the mountains. You're the God of every situation. You're the God over cancer, and cancer has to bow. Barren wombs has to bow. Breathe life this evening, Lord, into your people. Courage into the saints of God to hold on to the word, not let go of it. No matter what's going on around us, no matter what troubles around us, no matter what trials are rising up, no matter what kind of spirits of hell that's on every side, seemingly, there's a terror striking, all some inspiring God, a mighty God, a God who's mighty in battle, Michael, standing up for your people. Thank you for the victories, Lord. Thank you for the healings, Lord. Thank you for the deliverance, Lord. Thank you for all these things. Thank you for the children, Lord. Thank you for the promises of God, the yea and amen. Thank you, God. We praise you, God. We lift your name up, Lord. There's none like you, Father. You're our God. You're our Savior. You're our everything. You're our all in all. Right now, Father, you're falling in homes. You're falling in lives. You're moving in hearts, Father. You're breaking change. You're moving aside depressions and spirits of hell that try to come upon your people in these moments. And we're pushing back. Darkness is being pushed back and light is shining. Shalom. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh God, we love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, Father. There's none like you, Father. Lord, just help us to come again right now, Lord, with a fresh cup, a fresh drink for you, Lord. Lord, to give you a fresh drink of Pentecostal waters. Lord, let the anointing just fall afresh upon us, Lord. In our homes and where they're at even today, Lord, as we begin to look at coming back to services, God, we come with expectations. We come, Lord, believing know that you're going to show the miraculous among us. We come believing the dead in Christ is going to rise. We come believing, Lord, that you're going to do the supernatural. You're going to do above and beyond what we can think or even ask. Lord, you're going to move in such phenomenal ways. You're going to bring the wayward loved ones home. It's time, Lord, to get on this ship. It's time to leave the harbor. It's time to cross over. Oh, God, may the call go out, Father. Dear of a heart, Lord, we ask it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Go ahead, Brother Michael. Our God is awesome. Yes, he is. Our God is awesome. He can move mountains. Keep me in the valley. Hide me from the rain. My God is awesome. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah.